Welcome to It Takes a Village, the podcast from the Village Prep School in Belsize Park, Northwest London. This is the podcast to let you find out more about the school by hearing from staff, pupils, parents, and others from the school community. And in this, our first episode, we're about to hear from head teacher Morvan McDonald. We asked Morvan to explain what the no homework policy is all about, what the next initiative is she's about to implement, and she's asked to sum up the outcomes and characters of the girls they're striving to create at the Village Prep School. But we also get to find out more about Morvan herself, her own journey before joining the school, and we discover if she was about to enjoy her last meal, where she would go and who she would take with her. That's all coming up in this episode, so come with me now as we step into the head teacher's office at the Village Prep School with Morvan McDonald. Welcome to the first podcast from the Village, and today I'm delighted to be chatting to headmistress Morvan McDonald. Morvan, Hello and thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, thanks so much for having me. By way of introduction, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to the village? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I was one of those very lucky people and I've realised more as, I, as I've got older how lucky I was to kind of know what I wanted to do from a very early age. I've got a very strong memory of the first time I helped my, my mum, who was a primary school teacher as well, in her reception class and helping some of the girls learn about number bonds and they she put me in a little group to help them because they weren't quite there with six and four and eight and two and that kind of light bulb moment when they got it and that feeling has really really stuck with me and I think driven me you know throughout my secondary career and into university as that kind of such a satisfying experience to have that impact that that kind of feeling of I went in today and because of something I did I've had a small part in someone else's learning journey and I think that's what the catalyst that got everything going for me and then at university I went to Durham and studied education and psychology which gave me a really lovely base for education and a kind of real broad context I suppose in which to to base my career on and at that point I knew teaching was for me and I joined the Teach First program where I was allocated down to Folkestone to Folkestone Primary Academy which was fantastic it was really wonderful school Mm -hmm. and I taught year six there and I I loved that I think they always say your very first class you'll never forget and that does make me worry now that all the things that they're now legally allowed to do (laughs) makes me realize the the years have passed very quickly but it was it was fantastic it was such a great baseline I had an incredible mentor there he was ahead herself and I draw upon her knowledge all of the time now and then after a couple of years in Folkestone I decided to move to Garden House in Sloan Mm -hmm. Square and initially I taught on the boys' side, preparing boys for the 8 plus, um, which again I really enjoyed. And slowly throughout my time at Garden House, I kind of took on different roles and I was the head of English. And then I was lucky enough to become the director of teaching and learning and the assistant head academic. So I was overall kind of in charge of the curriculum for the boys and girls school. It's a really interesting setup because they have boys and girls within one building. They're educated separately, but then socially spend time together. So I was very lucky with that. And then obviously the pandemic hit and remote learning became my new best friend and a new skill to learn, which actually I really enjoyed in many ways. I really enjoy technology and the way that we can use that to enhance learning with children and so that was that was a really lovely new area for me and I think probably got my passion going for leadership and the opportunity to be the person who sets the ethos and the culture for a school because I suddenly had this online school that I was kind of trying to lead with the support of, of the rest of my senior management team and then the opportunity to come to the village came along and I met Anita the CEO of Chatsworth and she just 
said everything that I believed about education in terms of its philosophy, in terms of what we should be achieving, the fact that, yes, we have to get all of, you know, all of the right pieces in place, but actually it's about those incredibly magical moments for the children, for, the, for them to be coming home and talking excitedly about what they've been doing. Seeing reindeer in the playground was the example <laughs> she gave. My, <laughs> my example was, uh, was when we wanted to get a snow machine at Garden House when we were doing a, a Narnia-themed book week, and the, the fact that I almost went out at 10 o'clock at night to go and get a, a snow machine from somewhere in Canada Camden because I was so disappointed that it hadn't been working in the end we made our own out of shaving foam but you know and as someone who was really on my page in terms of what education should be about and those incredible moments and and so that opportunity came up and I, I looked around the school and I just absolutely fell in love and I knew it was the right school for me when I met some of the girls and the way that the, their whole demeanor really captured my heart there's only that's probably the only way to kind of describe it and there was a, a wonderful moment where I went to see them just before I came and they were they were doing a maypole dance for obviously on May Day and it was for what we would normally have called Grandparents Day last year and the girls were doing the beautiful dance the sun was shining the music was playing and I thought this is going to be just fantastic and then the girls went to unravel <laughs> and you know I hadn't actually ever seen maypole dancing live before but it's very complicated and suddenly we got a little bit crosswired and someone lost a shoe at one point (laughs) and I I have to say I waited for the inevitable someone to get a little bit upset someone to feel quite embarrassed they're in front of all of the school they're in front of me and that just never came the girls laughed they paused our amazing uh, head of sports stopped the music and and restarted and said okay girls let's let's have another go and we had to stop again and and we eventually got there and I and I just thought it was so special to see girls who actually weren't afraid to make mistakes who knew that actually by making mistakes and and carrying on and showing a bit of resilience they were going to actually achieve a lot more and they got a lot more out of it and of course so fantastic for our younger girls to see that kind of behavior and you know that was the probably the moment when I thought actually I absolutely loved Garden House I I thought they'd have to you know carry me out of there one day but I thought actually this is really the place for me and somewhere quite special where I I really want to be part of what's happening here so that's how I ended up here. That sounds absolutely brilliant. I love the thought of that maple dance. It looks, I've got visions of it and I love the fact they just carried on. That's brilliant. <laughs> so now you've been at the school for a little while. Mm. So can you tell us the three things that you love the most about the village? Yes, that's a, a hard question, definitely. And I think, you know, I suppose from that pr- previous example, the girls are, are obviously the heart of the school. So if I was to kind of be more specific about that, I would say probably they're kind of, relentless enthusiasm for absolutely everything and anything Mm. so last week I was heading off to a meeting I was already a little bit late and on my way I was dragged into the prep classroom because the girls had discovered a rocket ship that had landed on their um, veranda and there were alien footprints everywhere and they said (laughs) Mr Donald we have to show you this you will not believe what's happened and I it was the most wonderful experience their awe and wonder at what had happened and of course it was a a really clever um, kind of stimulus to start off their project on space and just seeing girls who are so excited and motivated to be in the classroom and so desperate to share their experience with me was was really lovely and I love that they wanted to share me to be part of that as well um, and you know similarly when I'm heading off to lunch and I'm trying to head over to lunch again you, you know it's a bit a busy day and you can't get across the playground without someone wanting to stop and tell you either about what their day's been like or something that they've done or a game they want to play with you and and that's really special to have those relationships and I think they are girls who just really will take whatever you say and whatever you go with and whatever you present them with and just run with it in a really special direction my my English class are 
are a highlight of my day. And um, last time we did a hot seating activity, which is something I've done many, many, many times before. And it's very classic teaching technique. You get the girls to explore a character and you say, okay, you're going to pretend to be Bertie um, and we're all going to ask you questions about what's happened. And it's a good way to develop empathy. But with this class, we did that. And before I knew it, we had to kind of descended into this full courtroom drama where I had girls picking up paper, slamming the desk saying, but in here, the evidence says this. And I've, I've never known anything like it. And it was so special. And it, and it really inspired me and I think it kind of mot- motivates me to want to provide those opportunities because I know that whatever we do they'll really go for it so you know we've got this great space and I suppose that leads me on to point number two would be the the space that we have here and the opportunities mm-hmm. that that affords so for example I know when I do that with the girls again they they w- would benefit from having a big large space to be able to really show their drama skills off so we went down to the hall and did it in there which is really lovely it's just great to kind of be quite dynamic with the way that we teach because we've got that space and um, if you want to do an experiment you can head downstairs to our creative lab and, and various different things like that and that is really lovely as a teacher to know that you kind of aren't put off by the fact that you've got to move tables around or do various different things in order for, for a lesson to run smoothly and you can adapt to the to the girls needs so we did have the girls dissecting sheep's hearts downstairs in the creative lab last term which uh, it wasn't for the squeamish but they absolutely loved it uh, and um, it was very special to see but again I think that the space really makes it a place that naturally lends itself well to really meaningful exciting and exciting experiences for the really girls. Really enhances the school day. Yeah experience. exactly exactly and I suppose my last one would be the teachers and, the, and this I suppose the phrase that comes to mind from the end of last term is you're never left dancing on your own if I was to start dancing in the middle of the of the school hall in assembly I know that the teachers would be right behind me doing whatever I was doing and supporting me and that's really special so last time we did this we were thinking about our final assembly and I'm a big Strictly fan so I, I love Rose and Giovanni from Strictly and I really got into sign language myself and was just interested in how we could think about that in school so I decided we would learn how to sign language silent night And I hadn't really had a chance. It was kind of one of those ideas I'd come up with on the tube on the way into school and thought, okay, we'll go for it this morning. I'd found the link I wanted to use. And I hadn't really had a chance to mention it to the staff. So they were kind of new to it as much as the girls were. And as we started doing it, you know, I looked around, every single one of them was giving it their, their full effort, despite the fact it's a brand new school for them, you know, showing their enthusiasm and modeling that for the girls, which was so special. And actually afterwards, one of our amazing teaching assistants, Mrs. Chimova, she had learned a little bit of Czech sign language. And so she was sharing that with the girls and talking about oh the fact goodness. that actually, and I, something I'd never thought about before is the fact that sign language is so different across so many you know you actually it's not just it's obviously British sign language so therefore if you live in a different country or if you go to a different country you need to learn Czech sign language or French sign language I thought that was really interesting and really lovely that you kind of run with an idea and the teachers will kind of go with you on it in a, in a really special way and, and Miss Riley Balsam our deputy head um very similarly posted a really lovely tweet afterwards about it and it's just so lovely to know that you can be quite brave and courageous in the things that you do because you know you've got the girls enthusiasm absolutely but actually you've got teachers who will not leave you dancing on your own that's our new favorite little motto we have as a star supporting you and backing you up all the way when it matters definitely and I think you know that's how we get the be- best with the girls isn't it if we if we're all, you know, if we're not safe about what we do and we're courageous about whether that's dissecting sheep's hearts or doing sign language in assembly, if we're willing to have a go and see what that looks like and again, model that not being afraid to make mistakes for the girls, then I think it creates a really special atmosphere. So I think it was a very hard thing to think about, but actually I think those, those would be my three things that make the school so special for me and, and why I've thoroughly loved, you know, my first term. Excellent. You make the day sound very exciting. (laughs) Now, the village is an outstanding rated school, which is fantastic, but it's got a no homework policy. 
that's got to be too good to be true, hasn't it? <laughs> well, I have to say that's probably what I thought the first time when I looked on the, on the school website and I was starting to do my research. And it's probably one of the main things that really captured my attention about the school because I thought to myself, a school that is willing to kind of go out on a limb about about a policy like that when homework is quite a contentious subject generally mm-hmm. um, is the type of school I, I want to be in because, you know... I'm I'm of the belief, actually, that homework is a, a little bit of a myth in terms of the fact that there aren't very many teachers out there who would necessarily say it's got a huge amount of value for the girls and for their learning. Right. But it's something that we do because we feel that we should, I mean, for lots of other very sensible reasons. But in terms of like from a research and a theory perspective and from what I think we as teachers get out of it, I've always struggled to kind of reconcile why we do it and and it's and it's always wrestled with I suppose my own philosophy about what education should look like you know if I'm sitting here talking about rockets in the veranda and reindeers in the playground it then seems a little bit counter counterintuitive to then also be talking about you know sending her you know getting the girls to have had an incredible day at school that's going to be exhausting and tiring but wonderful and then say yes you've had your lovely experience of learning today but now we'd like you to do this extra bit at home so it's, it's never been something that's really kind of resonated with me in terms of the value it would it, it brings to the girls and their learning and so actually the way that the village runs it is is really special because i think it does get some of those elements that homework does provide so for example i think we can all agree at some point girls and children need to be able to apply their learning independently and so homework is an opportunity for that but of course we all know and any parent you know any parent would obviously want to support their child if at home they are struggling you're not going to leave your child floundering that's a natural instinct as a parent therefore if you can provide a space in school whereby they're doing that independent work and applying that learning for themselves without an adult over them or an adult who knows exactly what they've done independently and what they haven't then for us as teachers we actually know what they can apply independently and actually what they still need support with so that then the next lesson is planned for and is actually a meaningful lesson for that specific child and it's not a case of well oh they clearly have got this because they've suddenly produced this amazing piece Mm. of creative writing and and words I never knew they understood (laughs) Uh, and you know and I think that's really actually we're getting a lot more learning value from the way that we go about doing it and actually then really deserve that outstanding rating because we're getting a lot more quality from the way we're setting homework than than you would be if you're sending it home and again we're able to set really model for the girls about what good independent study should look like Mm. so obviously it's a very quiet room it's all the resources are ready for them they should have all their tools and that they need for for the session at the start so that when they leave us at secondary school they're kind of attuned to what that should look like and they've got into some really good habits and I think most importantly if we want our learning and teaching to be outstanding within the school day we need to give that capacity for the girls to rest and to play and to enjoy chatting to their families about their learning throughout the day so the girls will write in their homework diaries what they've been up to so parents know that they've done a bit of poetry and they've been learning about light and the Victorians so they can open up their homework diary and say oh I noticed you were you know studying the Victorians today and you can have those lovely discussions at home about what that looks like and that's reinforcing learning in a much better way than saying here's a worksheet of something that you need to do by yourself without any support at the end of quite quite a long day Mm -hmm. and I really like the fact that our girls our oldest girls will leave here at 4 30 and they will have done their club at 3 45 until 4 30 and we encourage everyone to do that and they they embrace clubs as I'm sure you're not surprised to hear Mm. they love every opportunity that comes their way and so again when they go home at 4 30 they've had a very busy day they've had a full school day they've done their club and actually that should then be a really lovely special time at home for a bit of reading a bit of chatting about the day and not a kind of battle which I think um, does 
inevitably happen. Yep. I suppose the only caveat is that if we ever felt that we needed to give a little bit of extra support or if there was a genuine value to it, then we would suggest different parts of homework. So when we do ask the girls, for example, they did some Anderson shelters over half term and the quality of what they produced was amazing. And I think it's because we're not setting the endless reams of homework. So when we do set tasks, they're really, really, they know there's a, a value and a purpose to them. And therefore what they produce is absolutely incredible. And again, that builds upon the ethos that we want to create here about really inspiring exciting learning experiences and and you know we don't want what's happening at home to kind of be detrimental to that that feeling the girls have about learning and and you know I think I do genuinely believe that's why we have girls who are relentlessly enthusiastic because we try and make sure that every experience they have in terms of their learning has has real meaning to it so um yes that would be my thoughts on that one that sounds that sounds great yes now I'm sure a lot of parents appreciate that as well now, since you've joined the village, what would you say is the change you've made that you're the most proud of so far? So I think, you know, as I said, when, when I first came to the school and I and I saw girls with a bit of grit and a bit of determination about them, you know, one of the reasons why I thought this was the right place for me is I felt that I could also kind of encourage and nurture that. So one thing that we brought in this last term is a learning dispositions. So we have our five dispositions, which are reflection, independence, perseverance and resilience collaboration and curiosity and firstly I'm incredibly proud that all of the girls can recite those five to me pretty much the whole way through the school (laughs) so we use those to encourage the girls to consider how they think about themselves as a learner so we brought in celebration Monday assembly so we're making Mondays great again and it's all about making sure that we have a really positive start to the week but in those those celebration assemblies each teacher will announce a child who's who's been the weekly winner and it's based on one of those five dispositions so it's not saying oh, you know, so-and-so's done a fantastic job with their maths this week. It's it's about saying, oh, well, so-and-so showed a, dem- a fantastic demonstration of perseverance and resilience this week because in her maths, when we were problem-solving, she did this. And so I'm really proud of that because I think those are skills and, and dispositions that the girls were already showing, but I really believe in the importance of being explicit about that for the children so that they really know when they've shown perseverance mm. and resilience or when they've shown great independence so that the next time that comes around, the next time they have that experience and when they are facing another challenge for example but actually it's in another subject oh actually I am someone who's really good at persevering because I know that I did this last week and two weeks ago I was praised because I showed great perseverance in netball I can therefore achieve you know I can at least have a go at this challenge that I'm now faced with and I think that's they're really really recognizing transferable skills that wouldn't necessarily know that they possessed exactly and be yeah exactly they they have a lot of those skills so I wouldn't say that I've kind of brought in suddenly we have all of these children who are incredibly reflective and show great curiosity because I think they had that already but it's Mm. about making them really aware of that and and you know hearing a a child who's four or five years old saying I know I've got to try and try again is a really lovely feeling to think that you know that we've been part of that mindset Mm. change for them and um, I think ultimately if we can have children leaving us at age 11 with that mindset in terms of of who they are as a learner and what they can be, then we're setting them up really well for secondary school and we're also setting them up so well for for citizens of the future. And, you know, we all know in our workplace, nothing ever, it doesn't go smoothly all of the time. You have to adapt and, you know, to get on, you have to be curious and you have to show all of those different skills that we're talking about. So that really excites me because I think the potential in terms of what we can be, the, the groundwork we can be laying for the children in, in terms of their future is really exciting. I suppose it goes back to why I came into teaching in the first place. Mm. That, that thought that, you know, in 20 years time, they might remember Miss McDonald and her banging on about curiosity and, and reflection and perseverance. And, and that's really exciting. Excellent. So what's next? What's the next initiative that you're looking forward to uh, implementing at the school? 
so there's there's a lot of things that we've we've got plans for and again lots of things that we're building upon from from before I came so we want to think a lot about our sustainability and how we're thinking about that in a really meaningful way in the school but I suppose the the initiative I'm the most excited about at the moment would be our, our parent masterclasses and, and working with parents because I, we have a phenomenal parent body who are so supportive and, and really work with us as a school. And I really believe that if the girls feel that we're all on the same page together with them, then that's how we get that really supportive at- atmosphere for them to feel like they can really thrive. And again, aren't afraid to make mistakes, aren't afraid to, to go for it because they've got this kind of support team behind them who are really with them and, and very much on the same page. So last term we had a phonics parent masterclass. That was our very first one that we brought in and not only was it lovely to see our prep and pre-prep parents sat on the tiny little yellow chairs (laughs) with Mr Shabir at the front going through the phonics cards and asking them to repeat the sounds and talking about the rhymes but you know actually the value that's coming from that I think is really fantastic because again we're not sending homework home of sheets and sheets of phonics work but how lovely for girls to go home and say oh I was learning about special friends today at school and, and parents instead of saying oh right what's been going on there they can say oh that's two letters and one sound like shh and can you think of another example we we had a hilarious uh, situation last time where a parent did come in and say oh I just wondered if you could tell me what's happening because I heard about special friends and apparently someone's been quite noisy and I just wondered if you could clarify what happened and (laughs) and essentially the teacher was teaching a split diagraph where you have two letters but it would be something like make or cake so you make the a sound with a and e but it's split by another letter so take for example the K is splitting A and E. And so the way we teach it is that the A and E chat lots and so they have to be split up by the letter K. <laughs> so these special friends had to be split up. And so I think I think it's so lovely for parents to know what we're <laughs> we're doing probably just for a bit of clarity but also so lovely to then have those discussions at home and say oh that's really interesting and you know you're out and about and say oh can you spot the the split diagraph in in that word on the sign or whatever it is and you know it's for the girls then I think that's really lovely for them to feel that we all care about their learning and we've got all the right kind of terms that that enhance their their learning and and support them with it and you know even things like maths in in key stage two the the way that maths is being taught now is so different to how any of us were taught maths so things terms like bridging Often our parents asking, you know, what is bridging and what does mm. that look like? So again, mm. this term we're going to have parents coming in to, to demonstrate that to them. And I think that's a really lovely way of working together for, for the girls and being that kind of community, which we really want to be at the village. And that was, I really had a sense of that from the moment I joined, was that we're a community where everyone works together. The parents want to support the teachers as much as they can uh, alongside the girls. And it's, it's such a lovely atmosphere. And so it just feels like the perfect place to bring something like that in, where I think parents will appreciate being being taught some of those things. And quite nice for them to also experience what the day feels like for the girls absolutely yeah and to really feel involved and part of it as well rather than uh, just dropping off at the gates exactly and to sit in their classroom and see oh gosh actually it's it's quite a long day when you're sitting and concentrating and and doing especially in those small chairs (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly yeah exactly we'll have to see how those maybe we'll have to move to the hall but I I think it's nice to replicate the exact experience that the girls get (laughs) exactly exactly so um why launch a podcast so I think that we, you know, as I've spoke, you know, spoken about the girls and I, I'm, I'm sure you can tell I'm very fond of, of all the girls at the school and, and they are, are just phenomenal. And I think really they deserve to have a platform where they can mm-hmm. share their ideas and share their thoughts. I think they've got so many things that they want to talk about in the world. Their, their view and opinion on so many different things is, is really insightful. And actually there's been a number of times when I've thought, 
I really wish I'd recorded this because actually not only would, would I love all of our parents to hear this, but actually I'd love the wider world to hear some of the things that the girls have said. So for example, we had our eco harvest assembly last term and our age five and six year old girls were talking about, uh, did a beautiful poem, but, but the, the harvest assembly was essentially about looking after the planet that produces the food as well as saying thank you for the, for the food. And so they did this poem, which ended on, on something along the lines of, but it's up to us to make a change. It's up to us to make a difference. And we can, but we if only we will go for it, if only we will listen, if only we will put ourselves out there, essentially was what it said. And to, hear, and to hear a five-year-old saying that, and I said this at the time to the parents, it, you know, I wish we could send that out and put that on the BBC because I think, you know, that's what will probably make a huge change in the way that we all think about the world and the decisions we're making in terms of plastic, in terms of the food that we're eating. And I think it's really lovely for the girls to have that kind of platform to share to share what they think. And they've got so many, they they understand their place in the world, I would say, in terms of the fact that they can have an impact and they should have an impact. We try and make sure that our school council is a really valuable platform for them to share their ideas and that things actually happen from it so that when they leave us again they've got this idea that actually if you believe in something and you can justify it and you're very clear about your ideas in terms of of why you want to do something then actually if you speak up things can change and things can make a difference my favorite one I suppose would be we want to change the the playground outside a little bit we want to just change the surface underneath the adventure playground because Mm -hmm. it gets a little bit waterlogged and we can't use it all year round and I said that's a great idea it's a very good point and then I was given a caveat that no Miss McDonald we couldn't just simply tarmac underneath there because that wouldn't be eco-friendly that would destroy habitats (laughs) it it would go against so much of what we are as a school and so instead we we've talked about other ideas so perhaps putting bark down there and I've been been told to go away and do my research research and, and work out what we could do but what I love is that the girls were very happy to forgo the fact that they might not get this change as quickly because they wanted it to be the right to change do it because, right yeah exactly and they know that actually if they're not doing things right here that that has a ripple effect and actually we've got to get everything right that we're doing within our school building in order to to model that for other people and to make sure that we're not being part of the problem and I think that, again that's really special to have seven and eight year olds wanting to talk about things like that and so mm. I feel that they would really benefit from having a voice on here and, and being able to share their ideas and I think going back to talking about our parents we really want our parents to hear some of those wonderful conversations and to be part of our school community because they are so supportive and so with us and again I think really lovely for them to hear those natural conversations because I don't think the girls will be put off by a microphone in the slightest and and I, I just think that's a really special opportunity for them and, and it's a what they deserve. So safe to safe to say we'll be hearing from some of your lovely girls in future episodes of the podcast definitely they're very intrigued by the microphone that's arrived at my desk and I think they're desperate yeah absolutely I look forward to that a lot so that would be great (laughs) sounds like they'll have lots to say (laughs) absolutely so now the aim of this podcast apart from you know giving as you said giving the girls a voice but uh, is is to give the the village parents and wider community past present and future a better understanding what life at Village is like for staff and students. So can you sum up in sort of one line sentence the sort of outcomes and character of girls you're striving to create as head of the village? Yeah, absolutely. So I think what we want to, to create, what we want to nurture, I suppose, is this is girls who are passionate and excited about the world that we live in. They know about the world they, that they live in. And most importantly, they know that they have a voice which should be heard that can be heard and as a result they can have an impact and I think that's what's always in our minds when we're thinking about what we're providing for the girls the opportunities that we're giving them is giving them that huge breadth of opportunity so that we're nurturing that that feeling of of 
creating citizens of the future who have a real impact, who can do some really incredible things, not just beyond us at 11, but beyond us at 18 and when they go into the workplace. And I think we've always got our eyes on, on what that looks like for the girls and want, you know, we'll constantly adapt to make sure that we're meeting the needs you know, of a very, very ever-changing world, particularly at the moment. So, um, so yes. Yeah, that sounds great. So I'm going to ask you a one more, rather more personal question now. Uh, given mm. where the school is situated, you're spoilt for choice for great places to go and eat after a very busy day at, uh, at work, at school. So if you could have one last meal in Hampstead, where would you go? Who would you go with? And what would you eat? I would say, obviously being new to the area, I haven't had a huge amount of opportunities to explore lots of different options yet but one place that I would say has got a, a good bit of meaning for me would be Ronnie's Bakery which is in Belsize Village and we went there at the end of last term and the girls did this beautiful carol singing which was really special and it was it was very natural they were just there underneath the tree and all of the parents came along and we all sung some carols together and it was it was a really special moment and I think made even more special by the fact that we had catering provided by Ronnie's afterwards so I feel they deserve a shout out as well um, for their for their kind catering for us afterwards and so they served really beautiful delicious kind of sandwiches with halloumi and 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 lots of really delicious things involved there so I think that would probably be my my number one choice if I was to go in Hampstead at the moment because I think not only would I get something delicious but it's got a really special memory there so if it had to be my last last meal who I would take is a tricky one I think if I was to choose someone famous, the immediate person who, who crops into my mind would be Barack Obama. I just Excellent. think that not only would he have some really interesting things to say, I just, from listening to various podcasts that he's been on and just hearing him talk and reading some of some of the things that he's written, he's he's got a good bit of humour about him as well. I think it wouldn't be a dull meeting at all. Uh, it'd be really interesting to ask him some questions. So I think he would be my number one. For some reason, he's the first person that I, I throw in, but I suppose I should probably also say, if it was my very, very last meal, I'd probably want my fiancé, Henry, to come along as well because he hasn't been to Ronnie's before and I think he would really enjoy that as well so but it would either be Barack or Henry would be my two two options to good choices good choices although I'm <laughs> sure if you weren't limited for numbers it sounds to me you'd have all the girls there too absolutely absolutely yes <laughs> oh well Morven's been lovely talking to today thank you very much for giving us a a bit of an insight more of an insight into what makes the village the school that uh, you clearly adore and the vision you have for its future. It's been really lovely talking to you. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you. It's really lovely to chat about everything about the village as well with you. So that was Morven MacDonald, head teacher at the Village Prep School in North West London. Thank you, Morven, for coming on to this episode of the podcast. It was good hearing from you and great to find out more about the school. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.